Hi, I'm Matthew Kind. Every Monday, look for a fresh new episode where I'll take you behind the scenes and interview the insiders that are shaping the rapidly evolving cannabis industry. Learn more at cannainsider.com. That's C-A-N-N-A insider.com. Now here's your program. Hi, Canna Insiders. I hope you're doing well. This is Matthew Kind. I wanted to go over seven ways the cannabis industry is going to change after COVID-19. And I've put together an infographic for you that detail these changes at cannainsider.com forward slash COVID. That's C-O-V-I-D. So you can go there and get a visual of what I'm talking about or what I'm about to talk about. Okay, with that, let's get started. So the first way that the cannabis industry is going to change after COVID-19 is automated grow rooms. So human beings need breaks, they need pay, they need benefits. And let's face it, we make mistakes when tasks get repetitive and we get preoccupied with other things. And for things that can be automated because they're routine and happen over and over again, like planting cannabis seedlings and harvesting, those things are going to start to be automated away. And also humans are expensive. So these cannabis businesses only want humans involved where they truly add value, or I should say the forward-looking cannabis business, cannabis businesses are. So where do humans truly add value? Well, it's not going to be so much as gardeners anymore, but more as technicians looking over their laboratory in a sense. They're going to be managing the whole grow as kind of a um, high-level technician would be looking over an assembly line. It's going to look more like that. Humans aren't going away, though. It's just they're moving up the value chain um, where their expense has a return on investment. So that's number one, automated grow rooms. Number two is pathogen detection policies. What do I mean by this? Well, after the wake of COVID-19 passes, governments will feel the need to respond to public outcry to do something about COVID-19 and to make sure that we're mitigating the risk. Also, insurance companies will want to know that their insured customers are doing a certain minimum to manage risk um, so they don't have to have huge payouts. So what we'll see is pathogen detection policies from businesses and local jurisdictions to show what they're doing to manage the risk or disclose how they may not be managing the risk. So you know that too, but look for that in the next six to 12 months. Okay, onward to number three, contactless delivery and payment for cannabis products. You know I've been talking about this for a long time, but it's happening now. Uh, Contactless payment is something people are demanding. In fact, I already got a credit card in the mail from my credit card issuer, uh, even though my credit card hadn't expired yet. It it wasn't set to expire for three years, and they sent me a contactless credit card so I can just hold it near a credit card terminal and have it work. Many of us were already used to this with Apple Pay, but this is just going to greatly accelerate. And also, people are in their pajamas. They're looking frumpy. 
they just want to kind of cozy up on the couch and they're not really wanting to interface with people when they order cannabis many times. And they also don't want to be dealing with coins or dollar bills or potentially even a delivery person that's coughing or they look sick or something that's going to worry them. So look for contactless contactless delivery and also uh, distanced delivery where somehow, you know, you can acknowledge you've del- you've got the product even if the person's 10 feet away or something more. Uh, that's step one. Step two is going to be fully autonomous delivery. And I would imagine that would come to California or one of the Western states first. That's a little bit more progressive where uh, electric Um, autonomous vehicle can come to your house and that smart locker will open up uh, once you give some biometric information like a fingerprint or an iris scan or something like that. So look for that to come. Okay, so that was contactless delivery and payment. And number four is pre-purchase of discount cards or gift cards. So what does this mean? So cannabis businesses are strapped for cash right now. Some are doing really well, but all of them would like to be doing better or almost all of them. So the way they're going to get you and me to finance their business is they're going to offer us a $100 gift card for their retail experience or dispensary or their brand, and I'll only have to pay $80 for it. So essentially, a discount off face value of the card. Why do they do that? They want the cash now to operate their business, but they also know statistically that a good chunk of the people will not redeem those cards quickly. They'll wait months, maybe even years, and some may maybe even double digits will lose the card entirely or they'll have some amount on the card that they can't remember. Let's say if you have a $100 gift card and you have $9 left on it, but you can't remember how much it is. All those things mean that the cannabis retailers really not losing 20% when they sell you that $100 gift card. But we know Canna Insiders are smart and you're going to spend the full 100 and not be part of that statistics, right? Moving on to number five, results only business partners. So what does this mean? Startups and entrepreneurs are want to get into existing cannabis businesses and offer their goods and their services and their ideas and their technology platforms. And These cannabis businesses are a little bit overwhelmed by that, but they want to stay ahead of the curve. So what they're going to do is say, hey, I want you to come in and try this out for a month or two. And if it works, uh, we'll start paying. But otherwise, you know, we can't really be involved. It's kind of like a wait and see or a show me type attitude where they put all the risk on the startup to prove that they can help them. Now, I think it's really helpful if you're in this category to be a business that helps other businesses make money because most businesses, they perceive that shedding expenses is not as important as earning one marginal more dollar. They recognize expenses are an issue, but on any given day, they'd rather make an extra dollar than cut expenses. And also, everybody in a cannabis business is excited about making more money, and no one's really excited about cutting expenses. So if I had to start a business in this way, it would probably be something that can clearly prove that for every dollar you spend on my good or service, you're getting more than a dollar back and and it can be demonstrated in some objective way. So look for results only business partners or startups to be allowed into cannabis businesses. Kind of 
this is kind of look for language like a results only partner or, or something like that, kind of like a, a lean partner relationship, meaning that we only want to invest when we know it's working, that type of thing. Okay, moving on to number six, drones. And specifically, I'm talking about commercial drones here for mostly cultivation. So these are will be like the digital shepherds watching their flock of plants, both indoors and outdoors. And they give business owners data, but also reassurance that their plants are thriving. And they can look at their plants 24-7 and start to collect data and feel better just knowing in the middle of the night, oh, my plants uh, are still there and they're doing well. All the metrics look really good, so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. But these commercial drones are going to be much more heavily leaned upon in the near future to provide other data like machine learning uh, to look at potential problems in the plants and proactively mitigate those problems. Think of mold or pests or things like that on the plant. So drones are going to become a much more heavily relied upon part of a cannabis business, particularly a cultivation business, to know what's going on and to help business owners. All right, that was number six. Number seven, VR education. I don't know if you've been watching what's been going on in VR. VR for, gosh, it feels like two decades now has really been about the promise of VR or what it's going to look like and what it's going to be. It's always around the corner and we've been waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, it looks like the Oculus Quest is kind of the killer product that's finally arrived. It's uh, cheap enough, I believe about $199. And importantly, you don't need to connect to a computer it's freestanding. So that was kind of a, that was kind of drag on the VR systems of old. You had to connect to a computer. This is totally freestanding. So you'll see this and Microsoft's uh, HoloLens kind of jump into the fore for education. So right now it's mostly about entertainment and gaming and that's really fun and it works and it is extremely immersive. You can go on YouTube and kind of get a sense of what these feel like, but until you put one on and also have the hand controls, you can't really tell. Um, but what I see happening here is that app stores will start to arrive where third-party developers will be able to create apps and specifically education apps. So for example, the difference between learning in a textbook um, about cannabis cultivation and then having a virtual reality grow that you manage in an accelerated harvest that instead of months is just hours and you can go through the whole process of what it looks like and you're also touching and moving plants with the hand controls can really give you a much more immersive educational experience uh, faster and much more cheaply because you're not uh, ruining plants or taking up other employees time. So look for that. Also look for training for bud tenders who will get uh, training on how, you know, empathy, uh, sales, upselling and also helping customers to feel welcome and helping them return back to a retail environment. So all these things will be happening in VR education, specifically app stores that you can buy uh, right on your headset. So take a look at the Oculus Quest. And by the way, Oculus is owned by Facebook. So just an FYI there. If you think I'm wrong or you think I've missed some big ways the cannabis industry is going to change after COVID-19, please let me know. You can tweet me at Canna Insider. And 
And don't forget, I've put together an infographic for you at caninsider.com forward slash COVID, C-O-V-I-D. And you can see all these seven ways that the cannabis industry is going to change uh, after COVID-19. So with that, I will end the podcast now. Thanks so much for listening. And again, feel free to tweet me or send an email at feedback at Can Insider and let me know your thoughts on these different trends. And one more thing before we close, if you haven't given the podcast a review on whatever platform you're listening to, I would really appreciate it. It helps me so much to keep going, to know that people are enjoying it and listening to it. I mean, I see the statistics um, of how many people download it and so forth. But when I get a d- direct feedback from you that you're enjoying the show, that really helps. And a five-star review helps the most. It helps the most uh, for people that are considering listening or for guests that are considering considering coming on the podcast. So a five-star review helps the most. Please consider doing that on whatever uh, podcast app you listen to, iTunes, Stitcher, um, or any others. Thanks so much for listening and look for another episode soon. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the show today, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you might be using to listen to the show. Every five-star review helps us to bring the best guest to you. Learn more at caninsider.com forward slash iTunes. What are the five disruptive trends that will impact the cannabis industry in the next five years? Find out with your free report at caninsider.com forward slash trends. Have a suggestion for an awesome guest on Canna Insider? Simply send us an email at feedback at caninsider.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Canna Insider or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments. Promotional consideration may be provided by select guests, advertisers, or companies featured in Canna Insider. Lastly, the host or guests on Canna Insider may or may not invest in the companies or entrepreneurs profiled on the show. Please consult your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Final disclosure to see if you're still paying attention. This little whistle jingle you're listening to will get stuck in your head for the rest of the day. <laughs> Thanks for listening and look for another Canon Insider episode soon. Take care. Bye-bye.